have your Bibles, and I pray that you do. Uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 9 this morning. And I feel, I don't, this message, this passage wasn't on the preaching rotation. And this morning, every song that you sung this morning is exactly what we're going to be preaching on this morning. And um, wow, um, I hope you go home as, as Andrew says, I don't, I don't know if you, you say this or if you read this somewhere, but nobody goes home and, and sings the message, but they sing worship uh, and songs. So it, you'll line right up this morning. It's awesome how God works. But Proverbs chapter 9, we're going to read uh, uh, 18 verses here. So wisdom has built her house. She has hewn, hewn I knew I was going to mess up that word, hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine and she has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread and drink of, drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest place in the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you for wisdom. God, biblical wisdom that we can come in each and every day, each and every morning, every Sunday morning, every Wednesday, God, and, and receive, God, and each day that we open up your word that we can receive biblical wisdom. God, I pray that we would do that, Father. God, as Christians who are constantly called from woman folly, we, we pray, God, that we would stay on our straight path, Father. That we would, not, we would not go into what is easy and what is secret, Father, but we would stay and pursue wisdom and holiness. Father, we love you, and right now, God, use this word in a mighty way, God, to change someone. God, to get them back on the path that you have called them to, Father. God, that, that you would save someone this morning. Father, we love you and we thank you. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Church family, you may be seated. We were at a T4G a couple weeks ago, and that's a pastor's conference that we go to every two years, and this was the last one, so this is a big deal. Uh, but uh, but that, conference, that conference always gets out late, and we had a craving for a late night snack, all right? I'm a, I'm, I'm, 
I love late-night snacks. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I eat a small a bit of ice cream most nights. Every night I go to bed, I get that from my dad. But I just, that's just, I love ice cream. And so I, I wanted some ice cream. The guys, they wanted a, a snack. So we looked up this place uh, called Insomnia Cookies. I don't know if y'all have ever been to this place, but uh, the, the reviews were fantastic. This was a great place, and it was open till 1 a.m. I mean, I was pumped, right? <laughs> ice cream and cookie store open this late. This is fantastic. But we got there, and it's a cool little place, a hipster place, and, and it stayed open to one, and, and they were known, they were known for the cookies. I mean, like late-night cookies, that's what I read review after review of how great these cookies were late at night. So we walked in fully expecting some great cookies late at night. What we got was a store that said opened, nice little hipster area, open, beautiful sign. But when we walked in, we saw this man that looked like he wanted to kill everybody that came in. I mean, like, he had the store sectioned off from where he had mopped already, and there was just like this line that was going to the counter. So he was, he was getting ready to shut her down. Like, but this was like 11 o'clock. This was nowhere near 1 o'clock, right? We had plenty of time. But he seemed mad at the fact that people still wanted to come in and get cookies at 11 p.m. When your sign clearly said 1 a.m., it's not my fault, dude. It's not my fault. I'm just, I just want cookies and ice cream, all right? So, but that didn't work. That didn't work. He, did, he sectioned everything off, had everything mopped up, looked like he was about to close down. That didn't work for me. No, all right? He came out. He tried to deter us a little bit. He said, all right, guys, it's going to be 40 minutes for the next batch of cookies. I'm no dummy. I know it takes like 10 or 12 minutes, <laughs> right? I mean, you ain't going to win that easy, dude. I'm getting my cookies, right? And they also had Bluebell ice cream, which I love Bluebell ice cream. I believe Bluebell ice cream is the best ice cream ever. When they shut down due to, the, like, salmonella or whatever, like, I was, you have no idea. I tried every ice cream out there. It's, there's, everything else is garbage, right? So Bluebell is, is where it's at. So they had, they had ice cream, but then, then he, um, uh, he, he, didn't, he, he came out again and said, the only, we're out of ice cream. The only flavors is what you see. And it was, it was like the flavors that nobody really wanted, right? And they were gone. Most of it was gone because they came in. People wanted ice cream. I just Because I want ice cream, I am getting ice cream. I'm not leaving this place until I get some ice cream. But this was how bad it was. There was not a lot of ice cream left. Logan, of course, was uh, ahead of me. And he, he asked for some ice cream. There was... <laughs> Those big tubs. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Those big tubs of bluebell, right? So he was down there like just, I mean, just trying to get it out, scraping the bottom. And I made the joke of, hey, man, why don't you just give him the tub? It'll save your elbow from getting sticky. I mean, I just, just, just do that. I thought it was hilarious. The man behind the counter, not so much. Like, so much so Andrew was like, stop, dude, stop, stop. I kept going. I'm like, you're, I'm going to... I want you to laugh. I want you to have a good time like I'm having a good time that I'm about to eat this cookie and ice cream, right? It, was, it got better. <laughs> Cody wanted sprinkles, right? <laughs> so Cody said, hey, I would like this ice cream with some sprinkles. Well, the guy didn't give him sprinkles. I clearly saw the cabinet full of sprinkles. The sprinkles were in there. So Cody's like, I'm getting my sprinkles. <laughs> he walks back up and said, sir, uh, you forgot my sprinkles. And so the guy kind of like, kind of grabbed it and like opened up, spooked it out and just go, I mean, just handed it back to him. I'm like, dude. So 
needless to say, <laughs> Cody got his sprinkles. But, but no, like we, 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 uh, we came in, we got there expecting all these different flavors of, of cookies and ice cream and friendly service. Because that's what it said. That's what it said outside. That's what the reviews said. That's what everything said. Like we wanted sprinkles and ice cream and cookies. Fully coming in expecting all of that, right? What we got was the leftovers from the day and, and horrible. Um, uh, I don't, it was not friendly at all. Like, uh, oh, man, it was rough. But no, we, we got it, right? But it was the leftovers. It was what everybody else picked over, what everybody else didn't really want, but we got it, right? We got ice cream and cookies. But that's exactly what we're talking about. Now, I want to I have that picture in your head. You go somewhere expecting something, right? Something, something good, and yet you walk away disappointed and upset and no sprinkles, right? And that's exactly what the world and folly promises us as we dig into these scriptures today. I, I hope that you will cling to the wisdom and don't let go of it, especially the seniors that are in here. Where are you guys at? You are, I think you are scattered everywhere. All right, you're in the back over there. Okay, so listen to this sermon, all right? Listen, guys, listen. Uh, I believe that, that we all need this word today. And so as we start, Proverbs 9 is, is really an overview uh, of the first eight chapters of the book of Proverbs. So this chapter gives us the way of wisdom, and it uh, also gives us the way of folly. And if you've been following along in the past couple of weeks, you've known in Proverbs that, that wisdom and folly is all throughout the first eight chapters. We see, uh, we hear and see from woman wisdom and woman folly, and they are going to call for our attention. They've been calling for our attention all through Proverbs, right? All throughout this chapter, we're going to hear. So let's look at these verses again. We're going to start in verse 1 and, uh, and break this down a little bit as we go. So verse 1, verse 1 and 2. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. The first thing that I want you to see this morning is wisdom is well established. Wisdom is well established. She is, she is known. She is known for what's going on. She, is, she has been there. She is wealthy. She is established. She has prepared a lavish feast for those who will accept it. And for those of y'all that are following along, I know Cody Usa brings the TV out here. The words and everything should be on the screen. Everything should be loaded in there uh, for the sermon. So if, you, if, if not, not a big deal. I will repeat this over and over again. So I apologize. But she has repaired, prepared a lavish feast for those who will accept it. This is a large house with seven pillars. The idea here is that with wisdom, there are benefits, right? Following wisdom biblically in the book of Proverbs leads to certain benefits. Not necessarily financially, right? But emotionally and spiritually. Um, I, I can tell when I haven't spent time with God as I should... I am an emotional person anyways. I don't know if y'all know that about me. Uh, but I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I want to hide them so bad. Like, you don't understand how bad I want to hide them. Like, I really do. I want to hide them, but I can't. And if you saw me last week, you saw me last Sunday, I was down emotionally. Rhonda Turner came to me and said, everything okay? And I, I can't even lie about it. Like, yeah, everything's great. No, I am emotionally, like, drained. I have so much that is weighing on me, and I let it get me down. I really did. I had to get in God's word and give my burdens and stresses to God, and only then did my attitude begin to change, right? 
So this is the type of benefit that comes with woman wisdom. Seeking biblical wisdom versus folly. In verse 2, woman wisdom has slaughtered her beast, which means that she has killed the fattened calf, right? She, has, uh, she offers good things. She offers the best things. She offers the best steak you, you have ever had. She's mixed her wine and she has set her table. She isn't offering you spam or cereal. No, her feast is lavished. She offers filet mignon and the best wine. Mixed wine was a lot of the time mixed with spices and honey to make it more flavorful, right? To make it more enjoyable. This was not just any old wine, but the best. She says, if you will come and dine with me, you will have what is best. You will have what sustains you. You will have what brings life and what brings joy. That's what woman wisdom offers you. Look at verse 3. She has uh, sent out her young women to call from highest, uh, the highest places in the town. Like I said before, woman wisdom is wealthy and she sends out her maidservants to the highest places of the town so that most people, the most people can hear and they can say this in verse 4. They, they say this in verse 4. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of my wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Here's what this means. Wisdom calls to those who are simple and asks them to leave their previous lifestyles, to walk in her way and promises life to, to its fullest for those that do. That's what wisdom does. The next thing I want you to write down in, in your notes is um, wisdom is for those who want it. Wisdom is for those who want it. To be wise or to be foolish are not just intellectual qualities in the book of Proverbs. You, you can't think to yourself, I must be a fool because I don't have a high education or I'm simple-minded. That's not what this is talking about. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom and foolishness are, are, are mostly moral, not just intellectual qualities, right? The servants in verse 3 through 6 are going to the heights of the city and saying, turn, turn into woman wisdom's house. She has a lavish feast for you. The, the ones that seek wisdom are the ones that accept that invitation. What invitation are you accepting each day? Are you accepting wisdom's invitation or folly? Are, are, you, are we in God's word or on our devices? Are we praying for our day before it starts? Are we too busy dreading even going to work? Most of the time we accept and we go to what is easier. It's easy. It's easy to pick up your phone first thing in the morning. I, I, I did it this morning. Someone texted me, but I did it this morning, right? Somebody, I heard that ding, and I went to my phone, I grabbed it, and I started texting back, uh, uh, trying to prepare for the week ahead. Right? It's easy. And then I, then I go off into Facebook. I, then, I, then I'm stuck for the next 10, 15 minutes. And don't get me started on TikTok. I, I may be all day. I don't know. But, right? It's easy. That's easy. Most of the time, we accept and go to what is easier. 
It is our simple ways. My dad uh, asked us at dinner table uh, one night this past week, uh, if we were on an island and could only have one food choice, what would it be? And uh, my dad said it would be cornbread and milk for him. Uh, I, I don't know. He just loves cornbread and milk, right? Holly said pizza. Emily said mac and cheese. And, of course, I said cheeseburgers. Y'all have heard me in the past. I love cheeseburgers, right? If I die with a cheeseburger in my hand, no, I died a happy man. But, but Holly quickly chimed in and said that I would, uh, I would get tired of cheeseburgers like I did a couple weeks ago when I felt like I had a cheeseburger each and every day. And I even called her. I said, I don't care what we eat tonight. I just don't want a cheeseburger. I feel horrible. I felt miserable, right? I just, I don't care if I don't eat anything. I'm, I can't eat another cheeseburger. Which really threw my whole answer off, by the way. Like, everybody else was good with cheese, mac and cheese, and pizza, and whatever. But Holly had to call me out for my cheeseburger addiction, right? But I still don't know what I would want if I was deserted on an island and, and the only choice of food. I, I don't, I don't know. So if you could help me with that, that would be great. I really don't. But, but each day we have a choice in some way what we're going to eat. And for a lot of us, it's fast food, right? Or if you're like me, Sam's because it's cheap and I can feed a family of six for like less than 20 bucks. I mean, like, oh my goodness. Maybe I will, you know what? Deserted island with a Sam's cafeteria. That's all I want, right? Because I can at least get a hot dog. Anyways, but no, I, I can feed a family of six for less than 20. But, but we have a choice in some way, and most of the time we eat food that is so processed that, that we don't know what's in it and feel horrible afterwards, right? And yet we keep making those bad food choices over and over and over again, and we hate ourselves in the following days. Why do we keep going back, right? Because as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to Taco Bell, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope I don't get struck down. So a, fool, so a fool returns to its folly, right? Returns to its folly. But this is the idea here. This is the idea. The servants are saying, turn in here. There is real food in here. There is, there is fresh, life-giving food in here. But notice that they don't just call you into woman wisdom's house, but they also call you to turn away from something, right? Verse 6 says, leave your simple ways. There is a command here for repentance. If you want to have biblical wisdom, you can't just add knowledge on a faulty foundation. You have to turn away from false thinking. You have to turn away from lies. You have to repent so that you can live and then walk in the way of insight. Look at verse 7 through 9. This kind of changes a little bit. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Don't reprove a fool. Because all they will do is hate you for correcting them. But reprove the wise because they will welcome your advice and continue, continue, not, not just go, but continue to grow in wisdom. Listen, church, this is, 
I'm, I'm going to break this down just, just a second. Listen, the fool, when it comes to the fool here, do not cast your cares. Do, sorry, do not cast, do not cast your pearls before swine. Do not cast your pearls before swine. The fool in this book of Proverbs is the person who, in a sense, is beyond hope. It's beyond hope. Proverbs 27, 22 says, Crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his folly will not depart from him. What this text is saying, if someone is a fool, do not waste your time on a fool. That Listen, that doesn't mean that you don't share your faith with those around you. That's not what this is saying. You, that, that doesn't mean that. You won't... You won't know if they are a fool or not until you have a conversation, until you spend time with them, right? Talk to them. Talk to them about the gospel. The fool in the book of Proverbs is the person that is unwilling to change their mind even when they've been shown biblical wisdom or wisdom at all. We know those people. We have those people in our head, right? There are some people who you might think are foolish, but as you talk with them and and get a sense of of maybe this person really wants to change. Maybe this person really is struggling with something and dealing with God and, and keep talking to them. Keep sharing the gospel. Keep doing what God has called you to do and living out your faith. But then, and then, there are other people that you will meet and you will sit down and you will you will uh, sit down with them and and, and it, you know you know before you even enter the conversation it doesn't matter what you say or biblical evidence that you present or or uh, whatever you give to them they have already made up their mind and this text this text says don't waste your time on them because all they will do is hate you all they will do is hate you but see that should free you up. That should free you up to know that, that you don't have to correct everyone's misunderstandings. You should correct people who are open to reason, but there are some people that are beyond reason, and the Bible says don't waste your time on them. Instead, give your time to people who want it. There's illustration, there's scripture after scripture of how the, how the apostles shook off their feet, right? Shook off the dust of their feet and moved to the next town because they knew that they were stiff-necked and wicked and they would not turn their ways, right? There's scripture after scripture for that. If you approve a fool, they hate you because you correct them and they feel bad about themselves. But if you approve a wise person, they learn from it. The third thing I want you to see is wisdom welcomes reprove. Wisdom welcomes, welcomes reprove. Look at verse 8 again. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. You can tell whether or not someone is wise or foolish by how they respond to reproof. So think about this. How do you respond to reproof? How do you respond to correction? Do you get mad? Do you get mad at that person, right? And don't like them anymore? Or do you start picking out their faults? How dare them talk to me about being a parent? Like I saw them give a device to their, their, their kid last week. How dare, psh, psh, right? How do you respond to faults? Do you just let it, do you just ignore it, right? If so, if so, the Bible says that is walking 
in foolishness? Or when, or when someone corrects you, do you listen to what they have to say? Do you listen? Do you think about what they're really saying? Right? I'm not saying that you take everyone's correction and say, oh, well, that's the truth, right? No, I'm not saying that you, you take reproof from someone that isn't true. If someone is falsely accusing you of something, don't, don't sit there and take it. No, that's not what I'm saying, right? But if there is any truth to it, whatever percentage that might be, even if it's 1%, right, and you don't change or seek forgiveness, then we are being foolish in our life being foolish in our life? Do we allow people to speak reprove in our lives, especially those who deem spiritually wise? I, I know when my mom and dad come to me and talk to me, right, and they're, they're giving me wisdom, if I don't take their advice because I know that my parents walk closely with God each and every day, and I don't take their advice, even if 1% is true, right, I am walking in foolishness. Do we allow people to speak truth in our lives so that we don't continue to be foolish but grow in our understanding of wisdom, true biblical wisdom? I pray that we do, right? If we call ourselves Christians and yet do not take rebuke so that that we can turn from our foolishness and seek wisdom, then we are no different than the world. We make ourselves out to be liars and hypocrites. That is why, as Christians, it is so important that we connect to a local body of believers. That, that we come in to connect groups, connection groups, and, and church each week, and, and are part of D groups. We, we come in and examine our lives each and every time we hear the word preached or sit down for that Bible study. We don't come in just because of the fellowship. We are to come in and apply God's word and instruction and leave differently than we came in each and every time we open up God's word. Not just in here. Don't come in on Sundays and Wednesdays and just expect everything to be just fine. We need to be in God's word each and every day seeking biblical wisdom. Why? Verse 10 through 12. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Right? Let, me, let me read that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. See, this verse is saying right here, fearing God is wisdom, and wisdom will give you a long life. You will reap what you sow. If you seek wisdom, you will benefit. If you are unwise, you will end up being a rod for your own punishment. You will reap what you sow. No matter what it is, you will reap what you sow. The fourth thing I want you to see this morning is wisdom is fearing God. Wisdom is fearing God. That is where wisdom begins. That is where wisdom begins. Biblical wisdom begins by fearing God. It's not like worldly wisdom. You don't obtain it through more education or being more socially aware or woke, right? Spiritual wisdom is fearing God. Biblical wisdom is fearing God. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Wisdom cannot happen apart from that. No matter what the world may tell you, wisdom does not happen apart from that. You are just a person that knows a bunch of things at the end of the day. 
fearing God, I'm not, I'm not meaning, I'm not referring to, and Stacy, I don't know if you're in here or not, but I don't mean fear God like Stacy Upton is fearful of clowns. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but, but fear as in respect, right? Submission and humility, knowing, knowing, knowing that when you stand before God, that you stand before a king who is almighty. Proverbs says this over and over and over again. Wisdom begins with fearing God. Wisdom begins with fearing God. But we, we don't want to fear God. We don't want to fear God. We, we want to be our own gods. Right? That's, that's the problem that's been going on with our society today and has been going on since Adam and Eve first ate the tree, first ate of the tree that they were forbidden to eat. That is what the serpent promised them, right? That they would not die, but be like God, knowing good and evil. They wanted to be the determiner of wisdom and what is right and what is wrong. Just like how we today want to do the same thing. This text says that this is not how you obtain wisdom. You obtain wisdom by fearing the one who has wisdom, and that is God himself. Look at verse 12 again. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Don't let go of wisdom, for you will reap what you sow. If you seek wisdom, it will benefit you. But if you do not seek wisdom, you have no one to blame but yourself. You will reap what you sow. Moving on to verse 13 through 18. We're going to see another shift here with woman folly. We've heard from woman wisdom, now let's hear from woman folly. Verse 13 says that she is loud, like a really bad Karen, right? She is loud, right? She knows how to do your job better than you do. She is loud, right? In other commentaries, they compare her to someone who waylays those who pass by or like a criminal uh, ambush, right? But not only is she loud... She's also seductive and knows nothing. That's not to say that she doesn't have knowledge. It means that she doesn't have moral knowledge. She doesn't have wisdom. Verse 14, she sits at the door of her house and she takes a seat in the highest place of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple. Notice she says the same thing. Whoever is simple, right? She says the same thing as the servant girls of woman wisdom. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, right? And bread eaten in secret places is pleasant. See, we have now seen and heard from two metaphorical women here. Woman wisdom and woman folly. And there are some major differences between these two women. Major differences. Woman wisdom is wealthy and has built a solid house. And she leads to a prosperous future. Where woman folly sits at the door of her house. Possibly, and some, most commentaries say that like a prostitute. And, and has called out to others herself. Whereas woman wisdom sends out her servants, servant girls to those uh, to, to do that for her. 
They both call out to simple, right? However, woman wisdom calls out to those who lack sense, whereas woman folly calls out to those who are on the straight path. If you are a Christian in here today, know that the one that will constantly be calling you, constantly be calling you out, will be the one while you're walking on the straight path is going to be woman folly. Notice that straight path there, right? Do not miss the straight path. That's woman folly. She's constantly calling you. She's constantly, hey, come here. I know that that way seemed great, but no, come in here. Come in here, right? Come in here. They both promise good things, but in the end, woman wisdom leads to life. And we see in verse 18 where woman folly leads to death. Of these two women, wisdom, wisdom offers better food. She offers steak and mixed wine, whereas woman folly offers bread and water. Woman wisdom is clearly offering the better of the two options, but woman folly says something that is more enticing. She offers stolen water and bread that you can eat in private. She offers what is forbidden. And talking to students over over the years, and young men especially, there are a lot who struggle with some sort of porn addiction, and they, they, they will call me on the phone, and they'll want to seek, uh, on how, seek how they can combat these temptations, right? They oftentimes will say, this will all go away. This will all be better once I get married. I won't struggle with this once I have a wife, right? And I have to tell them that this temptation that they are facing, this temptation that they are facing is not a temporary thing. It is something that you will have to be on guard for the rest of your life because you are not craving sex. You are not craving pornography. What you are craving is sin. Only the gospel is the solution to sin. Yes, you may not struggle with it as much when you get married, but the bigger issue is your heart wants what is forbidden. It does. You want stolen water. You want, you, you want bread eaten in private. What you're wanting is what's sinful. The solution that you are looking for is biblical wisdom. The way you fight sin is through the gospel. Whatever you think your biggest sin struggle is, uh, that is, that's not what it is. If you think your biggest sin struggle is porn or alcoholism or drug use, anger, or whatever your sin is... That's not your biggest issue. Our biggest issue is because of sin. We are born God-hating and we crave what he opposes. That's us. That's me. That's you. Only in the gospel can we be transformed. Only in the gospel can we see that Christ is better than those things. But woman folly offers what seems like the same thing, right? And it's easier to obtain. Yes, I'll go in there, right? Think about the games at Six Flags and how they are always wanting you to pay, right? Come in here, come. Win this big teddy bear. Win this big stuffed animal, right? This is easy. Just crawl up this rope ladder that seems like there's no way you can get up it, right? Go hit this small target with this even smaller ball. Only to find out, you know, I thought, by the way, I thought one day I could do that. I'm a, I, I'm a pretty big guy. Sure, that rope is not going to... That rope ladder's not going to go over. It did. <clears throat> but no, I was like, I'm going to get that teddy bear. But all I did was walk away with nothing, right? Only my money taken. 
And that's what woman folly does. That is what woman folly does. She Sin invites you in, and it looks good. It looks easy. It looks easily attainable, right? So much easier than what women, what, what women wisdom is calling you to do. But in the end, verse 18 says, But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. A pastor once said, said this, Sin always takes you farther, further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you want to pay. Woman folly lets you see what you want to see, meanwhile hiding the death and destruction all around her. Woman wisdom says, don't trust yourself, but trust God. We live in a culture that says, listen to your heart and trust your gut. But the Bible says, if you do that, you, if, if you do that, you will die. You can trust God, trust the church, trust the Bible, but don't trust yourself, seniors. Do not trust yourself. Our hearts are wicked, and, I, and it will lie to you all of the time. Both biblical wisdom and sinful folly will call for your attention. But biblical wisdom will provide for you what is really needed. We are born sinners, and when women, woman folly calls calls out to us, it is natural for us to run to her. Our only hope is that wisdom will do more than call, but rescue us. Rescue us and show us the error of our ways and the errors of our thinking and redeem us. And that is what we have in Jesus. That is what we have in Jesus. Do you know Jesus who came, who has come to pull you away and rescue you from the clutches of woman folly and redeem you? Because biblical wisdom starts with fearing God. If you don't know him, he invites you to know him today. You don't have to clean yourself up or, or live a better life before coming to know him. No, all you have to do is repent of your sin and ask Jesus to transform you. You have to ask Jesus to come and save you. And over time, you will see God transform you from the inside out. That doesn't mean that you will never sin or stumble from the straight path. No. But as God transforms you over time, the voice of wisdom will sound sweeter and sweeter than the voice of folly. The last thing I want you to see, last thing I want you to write down is wisdom is always transforming you. Wisdom is always transforming you. Let me end with this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were at this conference, and a pastor named Alistair Begg quoted a song uh, um, I'm sure that everyone is familiar with. The song is Let It Go from the movie Frozen. Uh, and this is what, this is what he read. I, I never saw it like this until uh, he pointed it out uh, to me, and I hope that it does the same to you. Right? Listen to these lyrics and see if they sound familiar to what is going on in our world right now. This is the lyric straight from the song. I'm not, I'm not making this up. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. That perfect girl is gone. Church family, we have let go of wisdom in our schools, in our homes, in our lives for far too long. I walk the schools almost every week. Man, it's 
not good. It's not good. We have let go of wisdom for far too long. That is why our children know more about sexuality than the gospel. I am here to sound the alarm and to say that we must stop sleeping behind the wheel when it comes to teaching our families wisdom, right? It is difficult. I know I have four kids now and I I am fearful. I am fearful of what they are being exposed to each and every day. But please, please don't stop teaching. Don't stop teaching them biblical wisdom. Even when they're gone and graduated, seniors, parents, senior parents in here, Please keep instructing them on the ways of wisdom. Put your phones down and turn the TV off and fight, fight, fight for your families. Seniors in here today, as we pray over you, we know that we are sending you out to a world that is calling you to let go of all that you have learned in church and in your homes Come, be free, and experience real love. They will say, come in and get fresh cookies and ice cream and all the sprinkles that you want. But in the end, it will leave you hopeless and longing for something more. Cling to and hold tight to the wisdom that you have been taught here and in your homes. Don't let go of it. Don't let go of biblical wisdom, which is God's word. Let's pray this morning. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon. 